Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Market and the Good. My name is Chris Gassman. I'm your host. And today we have a little bit of a special opportunity. We've had a number of requests from folks. Uh, all right, Chris, so what's what's your background? Help us understand how, uh, how does all of this fit together for you? How did you end up where you are? Uh, I'm trying to figure out to partner with you or to learn from you. Uh, lots of folks have reached out and asked for that kind of context. So we had the fortuitous opportunity of just being interviewed by Collision Theory. Props to them and that team out over at Stevens Tech and looking forward to seeing where they go with their podcast, reposting the podcast here, that episode for our listeners, for the backstory. It's a little bit of a longer one. We'll see if we come out with the, the more abridged version wanted to get this out there for your COVID-19 listening days and as you might hear in the background uh, there is a bit of walk around uh, for that one so hope you can take this episode on your own walk around and get your activity in for whatever time this finds you in hope all is well take care everyone he actually went to the University of Colorado he's not from uh, Stevens but he's still a SIGEP alum um, there he studied political science, international affairs, German minor, minor and uh, Central and Eastern Euro studies. So quite a diverse pool, different than the mechanical engineers and computer scientists we always get at Stevens. Um, after that, he went to the University of Pittsburgh <coughs> School of Law, where he got his law degree specializing in environmental law, science and policy. Uh, following that, he went to Carnegie Mellon, actually, and got his MBA. So not only does he have political science, a law degree, and an MBA, uh, he's got the trifecta. Um, so to begin uh, the conversation, I want to start off with your aspirations right out of, I'm assuming, high school. Uh, what was your motivation to get into political science and eventually law? Was there an underlying end goal, uh, maybe a relative or just some job you wanted? <laughs> sure, Luke. Yep. Uh, and first, thank you for uh, you know, creating the, the opportunity uh, to pay it forward uh, to people thinking about their careers, whether at Stevens or otherwise. So uh, never a bad time to think about that. Um, so uh, initially, I think the earliest member that I could probably tie it back to uh, and the, the driving motivation, uh, just I grew up with this interest in world peace. Uh, just, hey, how do we all get along? Right, this you know, five-year-old <laughs> idyllic mindset of the world of like we can all run and play together. Um, you know, might have been framed by my growing up in San Diego, uh, just you know, very beautiful area, part of the world. Um, but uh, I do remember um, initially, uh, again, thinking around like the age of five, uh, seeing a uh, news broadcast of a. Uh, leader, a politician, I believe it was our president at the time, um, on the news talking about a policy they were implementing. And I don't remember what the policy was. <laughs> I don't remember any of the details about it, just that uh, having this very deep impression at the time, like, oh, when I'm president, I would do it this way. This is how I would do it to make the world a better place. And that just stuck with me uh, since then. It, it did initially drive me into thinking of the public sector uh, and so that was where a lot of my, my time in undergrad uh, went to. So the initial um, one of the two 
double major as well as poli sci. And a lot of my work initially was on the political side and ended up working at the, the federal, state, local levels uh, via my student experience. So love the student card. Highly recommend using the student card for your <laughs> finding ways to explore career opportunities. Um, and ultimately, my first gig out of college was, I think, the one public space that I hadn't checked the box on yet, which was the intergovernmental space. Uh, got to end up getting a gig with the UN. Um, ultimately, not the space I um, am currently in now, obviously, uh, but uh, definitely a formative experience and yeah, would encourage folks to listen to what is it's driving you and why and where does it come from? Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because most people don't have an underarching uh, motive like that. They just kind of, would, which is no problem, but they kind of just figure it out along the way. But you've had kind of an overarching motive. I know you said uh, before that when I'm president, so do you have aspirations to go into politics or? Um... <laughs> no, no, that, that ship has sailed. Uh, I, uh, I figured out, uh, at least, you know, based on my current thinking, uh, my... Uh, when I was an undergrad, I did try out um, things on executive sides of leadership. Um, ended up representing the um, the 30,000 students of CU Boulder to the state government. So worked on the executive side there. Um, ended up interacting with a whole lot of different folks. And like I mentioned, um, throughout undergrad, had various federal, um, county, and local city opportunities in there. And just um, the the rate of change, the pace, um, and often the trade-offs that are incumbent um, in that kind of a leadership role. There's always trade-offs in a leadership role, right, regardless of who you're leading. Um, those kinds of trade-offs weren't necessarily ones that sat well with me or that I thought that I would be uh, well-suited to lead through. Um, just would wake up feeling icky about the kind of trade-offs that I'd have to make. Uh, and so I thought, hey, you know, if I'm looking for speed, I'm looking for ways of, of achieving those impacts, that, that better world that I'm striving for, um, then great, what are the other sectors where I might be able to achieve that? And so that's where I, I ended up crafting this personal development plan that over the first four to six years after undergrad uh, looked at, you know, where do my interests, like a three-legged stool, where does the interests that I have align with the skill sets? that I have and what the market will actually pay me for. <laughs> so that's where I ended up going, finished off the, the government side with the UN, um, tried the intergovernmental, or not the intergovernmental, the, um, uh, the civic side of things, right? So working for an organization like SIGEP, um, just internationally, um, helped do startups, um, new country offices in Qatar and elsewhere, and then ultimately for uh, the private sector, when I was over in China. And at all of those, um, I found that for me, for the kind of impact that I'm looking for, uh, private sector is the, the space for me to be. Uh, and that's what led me to getting that joint degree. Uh, so they weren't uh, sequential, they were concurrent uh, for the, the MBA and the JD um, oh, wow. to look at. Yeah, <laughs> if you're gonna do them, might as well do them. Kind of similar again to what I think folks at Stevens do. There's, there's a lot of doubling up on things. Um, so yeah, that's that's what led me to that. It was in order to say like, hey, I've I found the I found the way, I found the path. There's a glass ceiling over my head uh, without having that. Um, in some circles, you just need initials after your name, um, and in other circles, you need to be able to speak the language of that C-suite, of the the chief executive suites, 
right? Um, and so thinking about things in terms of economics, in terms of the return on investment or the financial bottom line. Um, so that's why the very quantitative uh, engineering uh, heavy uh, school like Carnegie Mellon with the Tepper School, uh, and then also rounding out my experience. Like, all right, I've, I've done the human development side. Uh, my MBA will help me with the economic development side. Uh, I need something on the, the planet side. So I looked for a doctorate that would help in that. Uh, and blood makes me queasy. So <laughs> that rolled out the M MD side of things. Uh, as, as much as I like reading, I'm not really a researcher. So that ruled out the PhD. Uh, and when I was in high school, um, I did, I aced the test. I got a five on AP calculus, but uh, the class itself just inverted my world in thinking about math. So I thought, you know, probably not an engineering degree um, or an advanced engineering degree. And so that left uh, JD, Juris Doctorate. Uh, so I ended up getting that, that environmental focus on that side. Um, so it is still, and you know, I've been in private sector since doing the kind of consulting work that I'm in now. Um, it is uh, the public space is something that I've stayed aware of. Uh, and one of the roles that we talked about was the kind of the local role, the Roosevelt Island Residents Association out in New York City on on Roosevelt Island. Uh, that's somewhere between a, a tenant association and uh, like a homeowners kind of space and a, a local city government um, you're just kind of representing the constituents um, there in that neighborhood and that's that's about as much of city politics or politics at any level that I think I can I can uh, deal with the trade-offs of it keeps it simple you interact with the people that you're impacting or are able to um, represent and so it makes it easy uh, makes it very tangible and you can sit down and have human conversations uh, whether I go more than that anytime in the near future is, is highly unlikely. It's, it'll likely stay very local for the time being. Okay. Yeah, I like how you, right after graduating from Boulder, you actually, you traveled a lot. I mean, through your work, of course, uh, as you just explained, but it kind of gave you a taste of who you really were. And I, I really like how um, you brought up before again that you were trying to find what your interests, your skills, and the market all matched up because I feel like that's the equation to true success. You can do what you're good at, but not like it. You can do what you like, but not be good at it. It's a constant battle of balance. Yeah, exactly. And I think that idea and pairing that, we're always searching for what we want to be when we grow up, right? <laughs> Even at this day. So pairing that with the, the idea that I picked up somewhere along the way of the, the five-year iterative plan, right? Uh, so, you know, whether it's four or six or five or, you know, whatever the actual number um, turns out to be, and, you know, you might adapt it at times in life as, as things change. Um, you know, where I thought I was going to be five years or so after undergrad, I got there the contents of the, what were in those swim lanes was very different than what I was expecting it to be. But I generally had, you know, where I wanted, I would know here's the career opportunity and I found it and I can keep going, or here's the career opportunity and there's a glass ceiling and I'll need some type of skills, knowledge, network, expertise, something. Uh, and we need to go off to some type of institution in order to get that to surpass that, that glass ceiling. Um, just being able to rinse, wash, repeat that kind of thought process. And so that, you know, for a, a joint degree at the, the graduate level, that was another four year tour, almost like undergrad all over again. 
and thinking about, okay, when I come out the other side of this and, you know, plus the year after, where do I want to be? What do I want people to think about Chris? Right. And as I got close to graduation at that point, being able to articulate to people, Hey, where do I want to be three or five years from now? What, what do I want people to say about me? And at that point had shifted my, my goals to be able to talk about, you know, Hey, you know, that Chris Gassman, he helped generate a billion dollars in revenue by making the world a better place. I want to do that too. And so having those kinds of North stars that you can rally around, uh, one, it helps for your insanity. <laughs> uh, and two, um, it helps you share that, that North star with others in ways that they understand like, okay, I know three things about Chris and I, I can work with him. I can figure out who he needs to talk with. Uh, and third, it gives you enough of a swim lane that you can iterate and pivot over the course of the time. You know, would I be in-house? Would I be uh, working at a consulting firm? What would I be on industry? Would I be more in like a, a digital based company? Like what are, what are the things? Oh, the North star always stayed about the same. Right. Uh, and so as you, is anyone, and, and I've had these kind of conversations with folks um, frequently since then in really honing in on this five-year idea, uh, it seems to be one that people really get and they really like. It's a measurable number that, that people can wrap their head around because you can relate it back to the time that you were in primary school or the amount of time that you were in high school, right? It's, it's just enough time that like, okay, I can make a plan around that. Even if the first year is figuring out what my plan is going to be, what are the details? And then year two and year three, you're kind of executing four is figuring out what in the world and five is, is wrapping up and figuring out what's the next North star. Hmm. It's sequential. Yeah. Um, so with all of this going on, you've done quite a lot. Um, how do you manage your time, your, your sound mind, sound body, just everything about it. It must be a constant jungle. I mean, a uh, juggle. <laughs> it is both. Um, the, um, you know, for, for example, right now for the listeners, uh, hopefully it's not coming to, um, through too horribly, uh, out doing, uh, taking the call, taking the podcast conversation on a walk, right? So the idea of doing like walking meetings, uh, often if I do not need to actually physically be at a desk, if I'm not, there's no need to physically look at a screen, um, which I'm especially in the, the health concerns and, just remoteness and interconnectedness of the, the globe today, always about video meetings whenever we can. If that's not a, a driver, if we don't have to do with that, um, then all about doing things as an example is like walking meetings, right? Um, figuring out just like for the, the joint degree or the double major or whatnot. Um, I think I've seen some folks at Stevens do this too or figure this out. What are the, the things that you can double dip or triple dip that help you ultimately get to that North star. Like what's the ultimate thing that you're trying to achieve? What's the basics that you need to figure out the, the big boulders to fit into the jar first. Uh, and then after that, you can sprinkle on the electives or the other things. And if you don't have space for the other things, it's because you invested your resource, your time in the stuff that was most important to you. Um, I'd say the, the things that have helped me to do that, cause you're asking like, what are the tools? Uh, <laughs> one, just using the, the, the simple things like the, uh, uh, calendar tools, things like that have been really helpful for me. If it's not on my calendar, um, it doesn't happen. Uh, tasks don't work for me. Um, ha- scheduling, creating the, literally the space on a calendar um, is what I need for it. The, um, that's just an example of tools. Um, another is being mindful that um, 
and I picked this up during the, the international travels, uh, that the, at the end of the day, whatever I ended up doing over the course of that day was the important thing, whether I wanted that to be or not, or whether I thought that that was the important thing. So, um, uh, can't be mad at myself for, or mad at the world for like, ah, I didn't get anything done today. Like Chris, you, you spent your day on what you thought at the time was the important thing for you to do. So if that did not align with your schedule, either you're, you're procrastinating, there's, there's something else there's, you need to dig deep and figure out like, why are you not doing the things that are on your, um, on your calendar or the things on your calendar really aren't the important things. And there's some other stuff that is distracting you that is uh, pulling your mind away that you need to take care of that in order to take care of the other stuff. Um, so I say what that would be the you know, second thing as far as figuring out um, time, uh, just how to, how to stay productive. Um, the third one is a idea that I ended up picking up from a speaker at a net impacts conference is um, that was, how do you have it all? Uh, that was interviewing a panel of folks who had families, they had kids, they were wildly successful in their careers, they were in leadership roles in ways that were really being impactful in their companies and their communities. And just everyone wanted to like, yes, how do I have it all? And the, the key takeaway was, um, you know, everyone toggles different levers at different points in times in their life, right? And so while you have a midterm or an exam coming up, maybe your other colleagues don't. And so at that particular moment, you're dialed in, pulling really hard and investing time, hopefully <laughs> investing time into the, the prep for that midterm, the, the studies or the finalizations or the whatever um, for projects or, or what have you, while others might be dialing in on whatever the latest video game is or uh, playing sports outdoors or time with family or whatever, right? Um, significant others, what have you. Um, and at some point that switches, right? And then there, you know, your colleague or your, your flatmate is working on theirs and you are not. Um, we're all having different competing interests on our time at, at just different points in our life. And just knowing and being able to, right now, my nor based on where my North Star is and you know, what advances me toward that goal this year, this quarter, this month, this week, this day, this hour, and you know, what are the things that I need to be doing? Um, really honing in on that and saying, okay, great. That's the thing that I focus on right now. It doesn't mean that that's what I do for my life. It's not what I'm doing for forever. It's for right now. And at a later point, I can do another thing because I have created the space to do that other thing. And it'll be at a time where it doesn't stress me out, where I can actually really enjoy it and really um, use it to reward myself, right? Uh, to really advance uh, becoming the man that I'm aspiring to become. So if that was a helpful consultant three, those would be the, the three kind of recommendations that um, I would suggest just, you know, you've got the technical tools that work for your perspective, own it and realize that we all toggle different levers at different times. Yeah. That last part is hard to uh, put into practice, you know, always trying to compare yourself to your peers and what they're doing and what you're not doing, but that's a, a very good way to put it. Yeah, FOMO is real, <laughs> it, only so much as you create it to be real, right? There's, uh, it's only so much as we give it the space to be. I like it, I like it. Um, also, of course, your work is very value-driven. You're, you're not doing stuff for yourself, you're doing it for the benefit of others and everybody around you, of course. Um, so that's a very value-driven principle. 
Um, what would you say is the value that you have the most that has overshadowed the rest that's led you to where you are today? Um, if you could pick one or even a couple of that could provide a better answer. <laughs> oh, this is the, the one that I was having a hard time thinking about in advance. Like, mm. uh, so to me, the, the things that when I think about, Hey, what are the, the things, Chris, that you value, right? Or what are your values? It's easier for me if I answer that from a, a standpoint or a perspective of, you know, Chris, what, what do you value? Right. Um, and if I were to pick just one of those, and I would encourage folks to go through this kind of mapping process of starting out, you know, at the, the 50,000 foot level, um, what are the things that really matter the most to you? Um, the, the pieces in there that I would really hone in on are just, you know, how do you see the world, right? And what is it that causes you to see the world that way? You know, why are you looking at it that way? Um, and for me, a lot of that really came from um, just thinking about, again, the, the things that I value. And I really value the, the ability to, uh, I think I, I just most concisely described it as, you know, taking a stand for valuing. Uh, there's a, a German song, Love, Peace, and Vollgas, or Love, Peace, and Full Throttle. Uh, so just thinking about, hey, how do we, how do we really enjoy ourselves, each other's company, uh, in a way that we are setting ourselves up to maximize our, our own potential. All right. How do we enjoy life together? Well, in a way that we thrive. And um, that for me has been the, the biggest thing that's driven my work. That's what I really honed in on when I was overseas, um, really came to clarity when I started seeing things like modern slavery, human trafficking, and, and all the different forms and formats. Uh, and, and also, getting into a lot of uh, the climate work that I do these days, it's all really driven around the just how do we set ourselves up to maximize our human potential, right? Um, so that's for me, if I had to pick one thing that I value, it's, it's that maximizing human potential. That means the best for everybody. And it's not everyone's going to be a cookie cutter of Chris, right? Or everyone's going to be a cookie cutter of Luke. It's everyone becomes their best self. And we've, we support each other to be our best selves. Okay. Yeah, the, the individuality, I guess, would differ uh, your answers. Um, also, I have a, another question. So you your path towards uh, where you are right now, it would be, I guess, unorthodox to most because it's like pretty pinnacle, you know? Like, I feel like you can't really do much, <laughs> much more academically, at least. Um, so with that, there's probably um, trouble with how hard it's gone, uh, how hard the journey is. Um, do you have any advice on like sticking the course? I know you've, it probably came naturally to you cause you have such a, a drive for what you want to do. Um, but I don't know, I guess that's a, I guess that would be the answer. I could probably answer it myself. It's just doing, going back to what you said last time about finding your true values and what you want. And then the rest will follow suit once you make a plan, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's in the thread throughout each of that, right? It would just be, if you're not actually working on the thing that you say is your goal, that you say is the thing you're aspiring to, it's not the thing, 
right? <laughs> or or there's something else in there that, that's, that's in the way about it that, that you need to tackle first for that to be the thing, right? Um, the going after whatever that is that is like, hey, this is like for me the thing that that I want out of life. Uh, you know, the old dead quote society quotes of just drinking the marrow out of life. What is the thing that that I really want uh, for I, Chris, or I, Luke, or I, whomever? Um, that's going to be the thing that that drives me to get up every morning, and that I'm going to be super excited about. Um, that I'm just going to love endearingly and enduringly and it will be the thing that excites me it'll be the thing that i'm really passionate about it'll be the thing that just really brings value to my life and that will evolve over time as our needs evolve right as as where we are in our lives evolve um sometimes more sometimes less uh but being just really coherent with ourselves around what is that thing that helps me become the man that i'm aspiring to become who is that man that i'm aspiring to become and what are the next steps that i need to take to get there those are the things that really drive individuals when you look at the, the high performance athletes or anyone else um, in that high performance space. They're just really honed in on that vision of themselves that they're aspiring to become. And that's a lot of the reason why we have the, the Balance Net program in SIGEP around this. What's, what's your own idea of the man that you're aspiring to become and different facets of that become clear at different parts of the way along your journey through college and you know, everyone can support you in different ways along that way. At the end of the day, it's your journey. We can't develop you. No one can develop Chris. Um, I have to drive my own thing. And that was one of the things that I, I give to get credit for was honing me in on that uh, so that I could really go after the things that are important to me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, those are all the questions I had, but definitely a lot of insight has come from this. Thank you. Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, the uh, yeah, I'm always more than happy to catch up with anyone um, from NJ Alpha, from Steven, from SIGF, otherwise uh, out in the world. Um, if anyone's interested, uh, we do tackle a lot of these values-based leadership or values-based uh, careers, right? Like finding ways to to live in alignment with the things that you value uh, in creating business models or industries or work around those. Uh, so I'd encourage folks, if, if any one of the listeners are interested, to go check out, shameless plug, uh, the, the free podcast, The Market and the Good. Uh, you can find it probably in most places that you know this podcast is, is hosted or others like Spotify or iTunes or Google Podcasts. Yeah, definitely. Check it out. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Luke, thanks so much for, uh, for inviting me to the show. This has been awesome. It's been great. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time.